Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay, hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today, we have Emma Barrera. Emma is the CEO of Right Hand Glam. Right Hand Glam is the engagement agency leveraging data-driven human-first strategies to support scaling service providers and coaches in organically growing their following, increasing brand awareness, and converting conversations to cash. Yes, please. Hi, Emma. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. Oh, I'm so glad. So, Emma, that, okay, first of all, Right Hand Glam is just a fantastic name. Thank you so much. (laughs) Could you? Oh, yeah. It's, It's so fun. You feel really fun. Could you please share with our audience uh, a bit more about who you are and what Right Hand Glam is all about? Yeah. So I am 24 years old. I live in the suburbs of Philly. Right Hand Glam Mm -hmm. is coming up on three years, which is insane to think about. And it was an entire accident. The whole thing was an accident. It wasn't supposed to happen. I didn't even know that this whole world existed. Um, I, I needed a different solution for my life and Right Hand Glam ended up being that. So my freshman year of college, I was diagnosed with bipolar two disorder and it just like flipped my life upside down. I lost everything. I lost all of my friends. I lost like my way of life. I lost like all these dreams that I had. Um, I was going to school in DC. I had plans to venture into a career in politics, like maybe be a lawyer. I don't know. Um, and halfway through, well, what ended up being halfway through my college career, I ended up transferring from what had been my dream school, number one or number seven international affairs program in the country to um, what was my safety school um, back home. And I'm a very, very independent person. And it was the very last thing I ever thought I would do. And I moved back in with my parents and I was going to school full time and I was actually working pretty much full time. Um, ended up graduating a year early with a degree in anthropology and had no clue what to do with my life because I didn't really have any internships. I was not planning on moving up in the company that I was working for. I worked for SoulCycle for two and a half years. Um, and there was just like not a future there for me. Um, it's a very toxic environment if you don't know enough about it. Um, anybody who's ever worked there will tell you that. Um, yeah. And you don't, you don't fully realize how toxic it is till you're out of it, but I digress. Um, so I ended up getting a job at a startup and I had been kind of social media freelancing, even though I didn't really know that that's what I was doing uh, when I was 16. 
Um, so I had done a lot of different things and I actually was at a tanning salon and the owner was like, Hey, can you do this thing where you log into my account and just like go follow a bunch of people that make sense and just like comment on their stuff and get them to follow me. And I was like, yeah, like sounds easy enough. I got mm-hmm. that. And then I got really good at it. And then I was like, wait, I think this could be something still not knowing that all of this existed. Um, and then my job at the startup got really toxic and I ended up quitting in January of 2020. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. In January of 2020 <laughs> with no plan. I had no plan. Um, I was working as a spin instructor, essentially full time. Um, kind of doing this freelancing thing again, not knowing that that's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was also working at a restaurant and then the pandemic happened. So could not work at the gym, could not teach spin, could not work at a restaurant. Um, but then when I started to put more of my eggs in the basket, that was right hand glam, it started to grow and grow and grow. Um, and by December, 2020, I was consistently making 5K months and I had two team members. And that's when I really started to find friends in the online space, mentors in the online space. And from there, it just exponentially grew. Um, So over the past almost three years now, um, we've served hundreds of women worldwide. I started a program called the Engagement Academy where I teach women how to do what I do, add engagement to their product suite. Um, I have a full-time team member. I have five contractors. Um, I've met some of my best friends in this online space. Um, and I've scaled to multi six-figure years now. And you know, if you told me, I put a reel out the other day and I said, if you told me five years ago that I'd be alive, I wouldn't have believed you. And I would have doubted you if you had told me, you know, three years ago that this little thing that I was doing on my couch would be what it is now, I would have doubted you. And if you had told me a year ago that I'd have a full-time employee and I was able to travel the world this year and I'm able to be on stage at night and make my own schedule to do all of those things, you know, I would have doubted you then too. But now we sit here and, and I think back on the past year and I'm like, how did we get here? And I know at the center of that answer it is me, yeah. but it's just, you know, incredible to think about who I was in, you know, the spring of 2017 when I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder to the person I am now, 24 years old and the world is at my fingertips and this is just the beginning and it's been three years, you know, most 24 year olds can't say that they're buying a house with their partner and they own a business and they're like, they have their shit together. Honestly, when it comes down to it, it's, it's, I have my shit together and it's, it's just every time I talk about it, I blow my own mind again. Oh, you light up. Yeah. Yeah. It just brings me such joy to tell the story. Good, good, because it should. It's fantastic. Now, how, because at the center of it is you, what did you choose so that your trajectory was that way to where Mm. you are? I'm a very stubborn bitch. I don't know how many bad words I'm allowed to say on this podcast, but I say a lot of them on my Instagram. Great. (laughs) Um, So I've used two. 
Um, mm-hmm. I just, I really am. And I don't see failure as an option. Um, mm-hmm. I don't ever have a plan B. Whatever yeah. I do, I do 250%. And we are going to run with that until it doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. And when I say until it doesn't work anymore, I mean, doesn't serve me anymore. doesn't light me up. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, I, you know, transferred colleges halfway through, no plan. I quit my job, no plan. Um, this is probably going to pain people's hearts, but I don't even have a business plan. This is just totally every day. We just see where it takes us. And I know it works for me now. And yes, 2023, the plan is to create a business plan. But, you know, for three years, it's worked just figuring it out day to day. And by saying that this is the only option, by being like, no, this is what we're going to do and we're going to make it work. And if this doesn't work, this is how we're going to pivot to make it work. Yeah. That's how we're going to get to the next day. Beautiful. So on your way to all of this, what we know you started with a, with a bipolar diagnosis, which is huge. What are the things that came along with that separate from that? Maybe anxieties or overwhelm or, or any of those, um, kind of issues that people think are common, but actually can take you down. Yeah. Um, a ton of anxiety, a ton of depression right before I got diagnosed. Um, I call it the blackout. There's just two weeks of my life that I don't remember. No clue what happened. Um, it's so silly whenever I say it, but it started with me sitting down in a common space at school watching Zootopia and it ended with me getting on a train home. And the only thing I remember in between is a phone call with a doctor. Um, it came with my entire life being flipped upside down. Everything that I had hoped, everything that I had dreamed for, everything that I thought my life was going to be, everything that I felt like I had worked for up until that point was no longer an option. My goals shifted from, I want to be in Congress one day to, I just need to survive until tomorrow. And then we're going to rinse and repeat and do that again. Um, I think an easy way to sum it up is in my family, we always celebrated my diagnosiversary, um, which is April 9th. And so every year on April 9th, we would do something. We'd, maybe we would go out to dinner. We would watch my favorite movie. We would just like be together. Um, and this year, I forgot. And I texted my mom um, a few months later. And I said, Mom, we never, we never April 9th. And she said, I was waiting to see how long it was going to take you to realize that. And that's not to say that the anxiety and depression is still not there. I mean, getting out of bed the past couple months has been so hard. And the stress that comes with being a business owner Mm -hmm. doesn't go away. You know, I have a deadline every month that my clients are allowed to end their contracts. And when we start creeping up on that deadline every month, my heart starts palpitating. Mm -hmm. I was in freaking England and I was freaking out and being like, how are we going to do this? Also, I'm, you know, hours ahead of everybody. I can't take calls because I'm gallivanting all over London right now. How are we going to make this work? You know, it, it doesn't go away. Um, my mom always told me it doesn't get easier. It just gets easier to manage. And so I'm just at a point in my life now where I can forget April 9th 
and not have to celebrate it. But I think the celebration is actually just getting up every day and doing something I love with people I love and Mm -hmm. finding my new dreams and knowing that I now am able to plan for them because they will happen because there's no more life turning upside down. We did the hard things already. And I had to grow up a lot faster than everybody Mm -hmm. else around me because that was my life. And that's why I'm 24 and doing all of this and not 27, 30, 35, um, like a lot of other people I know in this space. Um, But it's a beautiful thing. It sure is. And I can't help but think that there's so many people right now that are in this space, especially this time of year that are feeling like the heart palpitations, they're freaking out. Not only is it getting to be like year end, but month end. And there was lots of weird stuff on social media, the beginning of the fourth quarter. Oh, don't get me started. Yeah. Just so much that added to people. So to hear what you've been through and now you're like, no, this is amazing. I think can give some perspective for others to go, okay, I, I can show up. Yeah, you can. And you can still say that it's hard. I actually yes. said to such a weird analogy, but on Thanksgiving, I was with my boyfriend's grandmother and she um, it's just about 90 years old and they just took her car keys away. Oh. And she said, I'm angry. And mm-hmm. I said, you should be. And I would be too if I were you. But you're also allowed to acknowledge that everybody around you loves you. And that's why they're doing this. And she said, I never thought about the fact that I could be both. And I said, yeah, you can be both. And Mm -hmm. I think that applies to what we do this time of year. You know, I have said publicly on my page that I'm angry and I'm scared because I feel like I don't have the same control I had before. You know, yeah, we're, we can only control so much, but- the reception outside of Q4 is typically a lot better and you can move things along faster. Mm -hmm. But you can also acknowledge that you're going to be okay, right? Like get through this week, let everybody enjoy the holidays. The last week of the year and the first week of the new year are statistically great for sales, are great for us. So you're allowed to have both. Same thing. You're allowed to be scared and be angry, but you're also allowed to celebrate everything that you've done. And you're also allowed to have hope that it's going to be okay. Because even if it does end up being a smaller cash month or two, guess Mm -hmm. what? We've all survived and thrived on less, right? There was a time when our businesses weren't making as much and we were just fine and we were celebrating then. So why are we saying now like, oh my God, my life is going to end. It's not, you know, maybe you just like can't go buy a Gucci bag. Oops, but like there's plenty of other things that you can still do. We did it before. Beautifully put. Oh, there you are. Sorry, you glitched for a minute. Oh, did I glitch? I'm here. Good, good. (laughs) This is why I, I, I always say we just go through the thing so everybody can hear us in real time and go, not just us talking. <laughs> they can experience us not just talking about this stuff, but maybe even get a glimpse of it. Not always being perfect. It is rarely and, perfect. Well, you, you just said, I loved how you put that you can experience the two things at the same time. And it comes down to focus essentially, doesn't it? Yeah. And 
what you put your energy into. So absolutely. Do you find yourself with your clients having these sorts of conversations so that they can show up time. and not freak out? All the time. So we onboarded someone last week and she sent a message on Saturday freaking mm -hmm. out. Uh, obviously we don't work on Saturdays, but I just like happened to be looking at Slack for some other reason. Mm -hmm. And she was like, guys, I'm freaking out. Like no one's converting. And I said, my love, it's been a week. Mm -hmm. Also, you're a fitness instructor and it's the week of Christmas. <laughs> Shit's not going to move this week. It's not going to happen, mm -hmm. but give it a week, right? When we get back from taking yeah. a week off and it's going to be January, it is your time. It is your time oh. to shine. The cash is going to be rolling in. And she was like, you know what? You're right. Also, I hired you. So I didn't have to worry about this. And I said, exactly. Trust mm -hmm. the process. If people are leaving you on red right now, I say this to people all the time. I'm like, if people leave you on red, it does not mean the party's over. Like think of all of the reasons that you open an email, open a text message, open a DM, and then forget mm -hmm. to answer it. It happens all the time. So oh, just yeah. because these people are leaving us on red now, like doesn't mean they're not gonna go to back to their DMs in two weeks and see that and be like, oh my God, I forgot about it because everything was crazy with the holidays. And mm -hmm. now it's January and I do want to sign up for a fitness program. I'm going to go do that. You know, it's not over. Also, this client has 96,000 followers. We have a lot to work with, my love. Yeah. Like, we're good. Um, okay. Yeah, she's okay. Um, mm -hmm. But I, yeah, we, so we have a general chat in our Slack workspace and I kind of use that for like announcements or like empowerment things. And I will, whenever it's a weird time, I'll always go in and be like, guys, it's a weird time. Thank you mm -hmm. for trusting us. We got your back. There are other things that we can do while things are, are not in a selling mode. Right. So like yeah. this happened in August, I was like, September is a selling month. Once we get through the summer where things are a little bit quieter, things will pick back up, but all of the work is still valuable. Yes. One of our pillars is converting conversations to cash, but we do have two other pillars, which is increasing brand awareness and organically growing your following. It's not yeah. always a season of selling and we can't sell unless we've done those other two things first anyway. And yeah. so I do find a lot of the time that I am also supporting my clients in a mindset shift. And there are absolutely clients that lean on us for that mm -hmm. kind of support as well. We are very hands-on with our clients. We talk to them every single day. Um, and I, because I've been so open about my mental health, I'm just one of, and I've always kind of been one of those people where like people will come up to you and tell you their whole life story and you don't even yeah. know them. I'm that kind of person. But I think also because I've been so open about my mental health and my journey here, um, that like my DMs all the time are just like people wanting to talk about those things or like people freaking out. And they're like, I, I wanted to come to you because I figured you'd have an answer for this. And I'm like, I am not Instagram support, but here's what I can tell you. And yeah. here's what I think is going on. And they're like, oh, okay. That makes me feel better. Like someone today was like, for reals bonuses, they asked for my social security number. Can I give them that? And I was like, honey, it's so they can tax you. And she was like, oh, that makes sense. And I was like, deep breaths, deep breaths. Take the free yes. money, take the monetization. They're not trying to steal your social security number. They just want to tax you, which sucks. Fine. But you know, you got to do it. <laughs> right. Oh, it's so funny. This is what I feel. I've witnessed, you know, friends of mine who are in the agency space and then just talking to so many different agency owners. It does become like client emotional management. All the time. All the time. And we have typically anywhere from 20 to 25 clients. And yeah. although I am not in the weeds with them every day, you know, I still get all of their Slack notifications. So mm -hmm. if someone's freaking out, all right, it's time for me to step in 
and not that I don't trust my team members to handle the situation because I do, but I know yeah. that, you know, an extra loving touch from me does go a long way. And so when I see someone panicking, I'm like, whoa, 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 let's reel this in. You know, yeah. you are in it. So obviously you are freaking out. I am not your strategist. I am not in your account every day. So I can take a 30,000 foot view and tell you, here's what I think is happening. And here's what we can do to fix it. Or if we can't fix it right now, here's how we can shift gears to take care of something else. So when the time comes for us to fix it, it'll be a seamless transition. Yeah. And then they exhale. And then they go, okay, you're right. And I said, yes, I am. And yeah. I know I'm right because that's why you hired me to do this job for you. And they're like, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> you need it just on record. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So considering all that, what are some false beliefs that you would like to squash for anybody who is in that space? Like say oh. ideal client comes in and I think you want to one of the one of the biggest things is um, that you have to be making a certain amount of money to be considered successful. I actually saw this on a Facebook post the other day. It was like, how much money should I be making? And my response was, well, how much money do you want to make? You know, what kind of life do you want to live? You know, I, my, my big accomplishment this year, my big gold star, my, my claim to fame is that I paid off $45,000 worth of private student loan debt. And I wanted a life where I could do that and be out of the country for, I want to say I was out of the country for like 26 days this year. Like mm-hmm. I wanted a life where I could go do that, yeah. where I could go to London for a week, where I could go to Scotland for a week. I went to London for another week. I went to Mexico for a week. Like I wanted a life that could do that. So mm-hmm. I knew how much money I needed to make to be able to sustain those things. And so I, and with clients too, I've learned, like, I have a client who's like, I don't ever really want to make more than 10K months. I want to run a lean team, a lean business, and I only want to serve this many people. And and that's Mm -hmm. all I want because more than that is going to stress me out. She's like, I would never want to do what you're doing because you have to handle six team members and 25 clients and all of the drama and the chaos that comes with that. I was like, that's fair. You know, not everybody is built for what I do. I'm definitely not built to, you know, put a cap on anything. I am not someone who likes caps. I like to just be like, it's to me, it's almost like a game at this point. It's like, okay, how high can we go? Like, what can we do? What, how, how can we grow? So I think understanding that success is defined differently for every single person is so important. You know, success for me, like five years ago was I woke up today. Boom. Gold star. Yay. Success Mm -hmm. for me now is like, it's so silly, but this is always the story I tell. When I went to London, I was like, I would like to buy a Gucci bag while I'm there. I'm a huge Princess Diana fan. Gucci reimagined the iconic Princess Diana bag. I was like, I want this. So I launched an offer and calculated how many I would need to sell to buy the Gucci bag. And I sold out the offer. And I think if more people thought about about things that way, like this is what I want. How do I fund that? And Mm -hmm. how do I execute that plan so I can get what I want? there would be a lot more or a lot less stress. So I think defining success for yourself and what feels good for you. um, I think also always taking it back to remembering why we're doing this. Most people, it's some type of freedom um, and freedom looks different for everybody. Some people it's time freedom. Some people it's, um, you know, freedom to just do what they want 
during the day and the kind of work that they want freedom to say no to certain types of work. Um, and I wish that people understood earlier and I get it cause I did it too. And sometimes I'm guilty of still doing it, but not doing things for the sake of money, you know, doing things yeah. because they excite you. I always say that, you know, you shouldn't just be going after dreamy clients. Those clients should also think that you are dreamy as mm -hmm. much as you want to find dreamy clients you need clients that think you're dreamy. And so it's super important to remember, even as you're scaling or wanting to hit those, you know, big monetary goals that you need to remember why you did this and what you wanted out of this. You know, I have had students that have retired their husbands. Um, I have had clients who had their biggest month because they worked with us. I had clients who hit their first 5k month. We were their first investment and they were able to scale from there. You know, you mm -hmm. have to decide what you want. And that is just so key. Um, and I, we just, it, it all keeps coming back to money, but I think just like remembering that money is not the only reason that you did this. Money is probably one of the last reasons <laughs> that you did this because none of us know what we're doing when we start out. And we're all like, yeah. how do I get clients? How do I keep clients? How do I find new clients? You know, Money is probably one of the last things. I think money is something that comes with the journey. And you're like, oh my God, wait, I have money now. What can I do with my life? That's so exciting. Yeah, it's the byproduct. And yes. It's being able to flip that understanding that that's what it is. Because you are literally giving up money to start this business. Yeah. And you know, some people have overhead. I didn't have any overhead. What I do, I needed two thumbs and an Instagram account. I didn't even have a website for the absolute longest time, you know? So like, I just, just got a website done this year, like is launching this week, you know, like it's mm -hmm. not even really out there yet. Um, what I do, you need two thumbs and an Instagram, but you know, I have a client who's shifting into, um, podcast management and she's like, there's a lot of overhead for this. You know, it's, it's like 50% overhead right now. Mm -hmm. Um, so for a lot of people you're actually putting in or giving up money if you're quitting your job, to start this. So it's definitely not the thing that you're getting out of this at the beginning. You know, so many people say they don't even profit in their first year. No. And that's the scariest time. And that, that I think is when we get in our heads the most, because we think I did something, I should immediately have the best results and, oh God, the world's coming down because I, it didn't right. work. Right. So, but it did. It's just how you're yes. thinking about it. Mm -hmm. You got some and damn think, good information from it. <laughs> You, yeah. You know, and people, I, I think in going back to the conversation about, you know, scaling and hitting these numbers, this is the other thing I wanted to say is that people are full of shit. I'm wholly convinced of this because last year I saw people, you know, started posting how much they made in the year. And I'm sure that's coming this week and next week, okay. um, which I think is, is great to an extent. Um, I think it can also set really unrealistic expectations for people. Um, but with the rise of reels, at the end of last year, I saw that a lot of really big accounts that at that time, I just assumed were making a ton of money, were mm -hmm. actually making what I was making or less. And I see coaches all the time being like scaled to 500K in two years. And I want to be like, hair toss, so did I. But I'm not using that as my selling point here. So really taking everything with a grain of salt is so important, especially early on, because you're going to see these people who have tens and of thousands of followers and 
there is a very good chance that they're making less than you are. There are coaches who are saying, I'm going to help you scale to your first 5K month or your first 10K month, and they're barely swinging that. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You can, you can like, it's word magic, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> you present things. Yeah. It's just ways to make it seem sparkly and shiny. Mm -hmm. Maybe when it's not. It and is. I know, it's, they just I know it for some and... people that it's not because that's what I do every day. Right. So I have, I, you know, I love my clients. I love the fact that the coaches that I work with are ethical human beings, but mm -hmm. I'm in their accounts and I'm talking to some people who are not ethical in this space, who mm -hmm. make it seem like they're making a lot of money. And then they're telling the coach, me, that they're struggling. And then I go and I look at their page and I'm like, well, you're making it seem like you're making a lot of money over here and that yeah. everything is sunshine and daisies. And that's why I just like, won't ever do that on my platform. Like I, if it's not sunshine and daisies, like I'm going to tell you it's not sunshine and daisies because I'm not showing up that day. Yeah. I am going to be sitting on the couch and you will not hear from me, but you will, you will know that I'm feeling some type of way. And it's mm -hmm. amazing the response to that, how much people appreciate that and are willing to tell you that too, because of this shiny object syndrome that we see. Yeah. And that should be like super comforting to everybody in a way to be able to go, okay, here's another layer of understanding why it's important not to compare because we're all told that, but yet so that does happen just so easily. Our brains are, right. are wired to do that because that's how we survive. <laughs> and if you're constantly comparing, you're going to stop having fun. And my philosophy is that if this business is not fun, why the hell are you doing it? Uh, Go back to a corporate job. Well, and isn't that why you exist? Because that job that you're doing for so many people, and I shared with you at the beginning, like I experienced that and I was like, this is not fun for me. This is yep. actually making me hate what, like showing up. <laughs> Mm -hmm. but you found this thing that you enjoy doing for others. Is it because you're separate from it? You're not them. So you can engage in this way without them bringing their emotional baggage to the conversation. Exactly. And I think it's, it's good for them and it's good for me. So I have a theater background. Um, I have been involved in theater since I was nine. Um, mm -hmm. And so for me, it's just kind of like putting on a show every day. I get to put on this character um, and I know for them on the flip side, most of our clients are introverts and they don't have to put on the show. We put it on for them. And mm -hmm. some people say that what we do, they don't agree with, they don't think it's ethical. Isn't it weird that, you know, there, someone is talking to you the whole time, but then working with someone else. My philosophy on that is one, if people didn't want the service, they wouldn't buy it. And mm -hmm. we are a multi six figure agency with five contractors, a full-time team member, uh, and you know, 20, 25 consistent clients. So obviously people want it. Um, but you know, the other thing is people just really struggle with this part of it and they, they don't have the emotional capacity to do this. And if I can help them and help them make money by doing what I love doing, which is talking to people great, then let's make that happen. And then the last part of that is most people, I'm a very personal person. I love getting to know you and your story and your trauma and what your cat's name is and tell me all about your kids. Um, you know, I can tell stories about my clients as if they were my stories. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people don't want that personal of a relationship with their client. And I think people forget that when it comes to working with us, that mm -hmm. it's not necessarily a weird transition from us to the client 
working with that person because the client is not going to have this super personal relationship like we do. You know, girls on my team get very attached to their clients and their clients get very attached to them. But I know that those clients are not attached to their own clients the way that we are attached to them. Right. Oh, that makes so much sense. Well, for those who want to attach to you, where (laughs) where can they find you? So we are at right hand glam on Instagram, um, right hand glam at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email, um, and the newly launched www.righthandglam.com, um, is available now, even though we have not formally launched it, it will be formally launched, but we've kind of been Easter egging it here and there and people have been loving it so far. So we like to say that everything we do is a party. Um, I think your corner of Instagram should be like a party. I think that your brand should be a party. I think Mm -hmm. the way you engage with people, it should be a party. So come party with us. Oh, well, you just (laughs) defined what this has felt like for me. Thank you for bringing your energy and your wisdom and just your fun. Uh, I just appreciate it. And yeah. Thank Thank you you so much for having me. This was so wonderful. What a great way to end the day. (laughs) Yay. Good. I'm (laughs) glad. (laughs) Bye now. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, We ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.